you're listening to It's All BS with Sabrina, an Amplify podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of It's All BS. I'm your host, Sabrina, and thank you for joining me this week. Uh, You can probably hear it in my voice, but I do have a cold. It is not Corona. It's not COVID. I did get a PCR test and it did come back negative. Um, But wow, I forgot how shitty this is. I don't remember the last time I had a cold. It was definitely pre-COVID. And I've been really knocked on my ass by it, surprisingly. And I've also, and this is what's, this is what makes it sus. I also have lost my sense of taste, but I, I didn't just pull a negative on a rat. I also pulled a negative on a PCR. So yeah, I'm sorry that you guys have to listen to my sick voice this week. Um, but I didn't do the interview while I was sick. So that's at least nice. We'll get a We'll get a nice reprieve from, from whatever the hell this is. But apart from that little unfortunate event that is still happening, uh, I was invited to an awesome party this week. It was the Volcom's 30-year anniversary party in collaboration with Young Henry's that was hosted on a boat on the Sydney Harbour, which featured not only a floating halfpipe where the Volcom skateboarders put on quite a show, it also featured secret sets by Hockey Dad, uh, who brought on Ruby Fields for a hot song, which was lovely, um, but also Goons of Dune and Ebony Badeau on the decks. So it was a great time. Um, so big shout out to Volcom for inviting me to that event and allowing me to experience that. It was nice to uh, to go out onto the harbour, even though the, the weather wasn't amazing. It was nice to to finally be going to a boat party rather than working them, because not long ago I was actually working those fancy yacht parties that seemed to be a dime a dozen in Sydney. Uh, So it was nice to be on the other end of the service for once. (laughs) But enough about me. Let's jump into our top three music news headlines of the week. News headline number one, Taylor Hawkins, the drummer of Foo Fighters, dies at age 50. For more than two decades, Taylor Hawkins shared the spotlight with fellow Foo Fighters band members recording eight studio albums, playing countless shows and being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame only last year. Before that, he toured with Alanis Morissette and Sass Jordan, and in between all of that, he released three studio albums with his group Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Riders and recorded another album with the newly formed group called NHC, which is due to release this year. The Foo Fighters were on tour in South America and were scheduled to perform at Festival Estéreo Picnic in Bogotá in Colombia when Hawkins passed unexpectedly last Friday the 25th of March. The cause of death has not been confirmed, however recent toxicology test results conducted by Colombian authorities found traces of 10 types of substances in a system, including THC, antidepressants, benzodiazepines and opioids. Tributes have come flooding in for the musician and past words from bandmates have more weight behind them than ever, such as David Grohl's passage about Hawkins from his 2021 biography that read, Taylor Hawkins is my best friend and partner in crime. During his stint as Alanis Morissette's drummer long before he became a Foo Fighter, we would bump into each other backstage at festivals all over the world, and our chemistry was so obvious that even Alanis herself once asked him, What are you going to do when Dave asks you to be his drummer? Only at the end of last year, in the band's cover story in Rolling Stone magazine, Nate Mandel, the Foo Fighters bassist, said, Hunter came into a band that was pretty scrappy in general, and kind of acclimated to that for a second, and then was like, hang on a second, what if we actually become good? That was Taylor's thing. 
why don't we learn how to be a better band and pay more attention to what we're doing live? It's unclear how the band will choose to proceed with their remaining world tour dates. However, I think we can presume an overall cancellation announcement is not too far off. News headline number two, all-star concert for Ukraine is being likened to another live aid as artists continue to rally for the war relief effort. In just two weeks, Sky Freeman, the managing director of the production company Livewire Pictures, has managed to pull together a diverse lineup to perform a massive benefit concert at Birmingham's Resorts World Arena on Tuesday the 29th of March. The concert will be streamed on both ITV and STV and audiences both live and online We'll see performances from Ed Sheeran, Nile Rogers and Chick, Camilla Cabello, Manic Street Preachers, Snow Patrol, Emily Sanday, Tom O'Dell, and more. The scale is obviously different. Live Aid was transatlantic, said Guy Freeman, but it's comparable in terms of people coming together very quickly in the face of an emergency. Katie Rawcliffe, ITV's head of entertainment, admitted that normally a show of this scale would take months of planning, given the casting, budgeting, advertising, and marketing. However, Rawcliffe said that this show really feels like live aid in the respect that once people started to get on board, the whole thing snowballed. Within 24 hours, the press were ready and on board. Musicians were ready to shuffle around their current tour dates to prioritize the concert. Airlines and accommodation providers put their hands up to get musicians to the city and settled. ITV have pledged to donate all advertising revenue between the hours of 8 and 10pm, which is estimated to be £3 million, and the majority of every ticket price, which will sit at £52, will also be donated. News headline number three, Spotify released their 2021 payout figures and it's as depressing as we thought. Now, I've always been told that streams are not where artists make their money. It's merch, it's ticket sales, sponsorship deals, etc. And I've, I've always believed it. Uh, but these figures confirm Spotify's well-earned criticisms for their lack of artist compensation. Last year, only 56,200 artists made more than 10,000 US dollars or approximately 13,300 Australian dollars in 2021 from Spotify streams. There are over 1.2 million artists on Spotify. Keep that in mind. Most of these musicians earning over 10,000 won't even see that full amount after paying their labels, publishers, and any songwriters or producers. Only 130 artists were paid over 5 million US dollars, and those are your top one percenters, your Ed Sheerans, your Beyonce's, and your Miley Cyrus's. Digital Music News conducted a report that found that in North America, artists would need to hit 300,000 to 400,000 streams per month to surpass the national minimum wage. This means in Australia, no small artist could earn minimum wage based purely on the streaming of their music. When ranked, the top paying streaming services is Napster, who pay 0.019 US cents per stream, then Tidal, who pay 0.012 followed by Apple Music, who pays 0.0078. Spotify then fall a couple of spots even below that, paying only 0.0043. And at the very bottom of the ladder is Amazon Music, Pandora, and YouTube in that order. Now for the top three car concert songs of the week. Number one, we have Better With The Devil by Kazali. Released in 2021, Better With The Devil is a slow burn electronic tune with some great subtle vocals. Kazali, forenamed Salem Kazali, grew up in northwest London and is of Moroccan heritage. Uh, he describes the message of this song to be, 
That feeling of sticking with yourself and knowing your instincts no matter what, whether it's fun or scary, it will make you feel like you're cruising down a desert road in a vintage car. And I just really like the picture that that paints. This track is also a single on his brand new EP released this year, so check out his other stuff if you like the sound of this one. But for today, this is Better With The Devil by Kazali. Song number two, we have We Could Start a War by Somebody's Child. Now, Somebody's Child is the solo project of Kean Godfrey, who's based out of Dublin, Ireland, and this track is on his 2020 EP, fittingly titled 20-something. Uh, it's an indie rock tune with a, like a few R&B elements in there, but it stays really nice and guitar heavy, and it kind of gives me a little bit of a Sam Fender fix without listening to Sam Fender's album for the thousandth time, which is what I tend to do. So this is We Could Start a War by Somebody's Child. Pray for our sins tonight Before we get any older You know we could start a war song number three we have October by Molly Millington. Molly is a homegrown Central Coast gal from right here in Australia. She supported Thelma Plum and gotten some good airtime on Triple J. I love all the different sections to this song and the vocal textures that she uses. It's a sing-along for sure. So this is October by Molly Millington. So I go back to his gravestone and This week is New Zealand's singer-songwriter Prince Mitch James. Uh, Mitch has such a humbling start to what has become a massive career. He's signed with Sony Music. He's amassed over 200 million streams, toured internationally with rock band 660 and opened for Ed Sheeran, and he's done so much more. He's also just hilarious and an all-round lovely dude. Uh, so this is Mitch James. You say you're a saint and I'm a sinner But I guess that I'm good enough when you're lonely That's when you call me, yeah, yeah You're a saint, I'm a sinner But I guess that I'm good enough when it's 3 a.m. and you're lonely As long as I'm gone by Sunday, Sunday morning Sunday, 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 Sunday 
And to It's All BS, I want to welcome Mitch James, who is a Kiwi, but he is currently in Newport in LA soaking up the weather. How are you? I'm living the dream, Sabrina. I'm living the dream. Look, <laughs> Newport is very nice today, but uh, I've been filming a music video out here. I don't always get to live the Newport life, but um, look, it'll do for the next couple of weeks. Can't complain. Um, I'm jealous because, well, me and me and uh, Angelica were just talking um, in Sydney. It's pissing down with rain. I'm just in Canberra oh, no. for a few days. It's pissing down with rain here. Like floods are starting to happen. So I'm glad that one of us is experiencing <laughs> the dream right now. Yeah, so it seems like you guys are on the uh, downhill trot to winter and I'm just uh, I'm just tanning up over here. So You're you can't just like, complain. Oh, fine. Yes, I love that yeah, for like, you. I'm sure it'll be a lot worse in New Zealand when I get back there. So uh I'll make yeah. the most of my time here. <laughs> yeah, please do. Please do. Well, for all of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've had uh, a whirlwind of a life in general. Yeah. Uh, I'm not like you just have. Um, so I guess for the listeners who maybe don't know your backstory, I'm, I'm going to give them just a real quick glimpse overview. And if there's any detail that you want to jump in and, and make a point out of, please do. Absolutely. But you decided around 16, 17 that you were going to give music a proper shot. And instead of doing, I mean, you did a couple of open, open mic nights in Auckland um, yep. and then you just went, okay, well, I may as well just throw everything I have at this. You go to London, you've got 20 pounds, you get one night at a hostel and like, I don't know, a bottle of water. You dump the turnstile yeah. out of Heathrow, which I appreciate because that yeah, is exorbitant. It's bullshit how much they charge. Hey, I got 20 pounds. <laughs> I'm making the most of them. Exactly. <laughs> You bust for a bit, you kind of make it work, then stuff doesn't start to work. You are out on the streets for a few weeks. You decide to go Mm. home. You uh, save up some money through some interesting means. Let's put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Let's put it that way. Let's put it that way. Um, I appreciated your services. (laughs) A lot of people did. (laughs) And then you went back to London. You went... No, I'm going to give it another shot, despite how I can imagine how miserable it was sort of coming home when you, when you did have to kind of like be maybe, I guess, what some people would call more realistic about everything. Yeah. You went back, you yeah. continued to busk, and then you were in Munich. You'd been at it for a few years. You were kind of at the cusp of, oh, shit, have I done the wrong thing? Like, is it time to, quote, unquote, be a grown-up, have a plan B? And then two days later, you get an email from Sony and then your life just turned into whatever the hell this is now. Um, <laughs> you're just laughing at me. You're Great way to put it, to... Sabrina. Great way to put it. Um, I wanted to to ask, first of all, I'm curious, would you would you live in a hostel now? Because I know you did a lot of hostelling in no. Europe. Would you? You wouldn't... <laughs> you're over it. Look, Sabrina, I got to admit, I've done five lifetimes worth of hostel sleeping. I am too bougie for that shit now. I'll just openly admit it. <laughs> You're like, I have money now, guys. I do not need this. <laughs> not not as much as I would like. It's been a tough couple of years, but enough to stay out of the hostels. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that for you. I love that. But uh, I was listening to some of your previous podcast episodes and the way that you put it when you did go to London was like your mindset was so... <sighs> single like it was just so one tracked it was like you're either with me or you're against me and this is everything and you said something really interesting you're like if I'm not going to do it someone else will and then I'm going to be an old man I'm going to look back and I'm going to be pissed off that I didn't do it I'm going to be bitter about it 100% are you 
So when you got that email from Sony and your life changed in a moment, if you're, if you're the sort of person that then locks into an idea and your balls to the wall, you will not waver on that. Do you think that helped you when you went into Sony or do you think that almost penned you into a corner? I'm curious because I'm yeah. wondering how flexible you have to be with your mindset when something like that happens. Yeah, look, that's a great question, to be honest, because um, I've had a really interesting ride since I've um, since I signed my deal. Like like you said, I always came in with this mindset of uh, I'm going to work harder than any motherfucker in any room in any single country, any city, I will work harder than you. And, and that's, there's no doubt in my mind about that. And so that carried me to getting the deal. And that carried me to, in the first steps of a deal, I feel like any artist is, uh, that's, that's really when the work starts, you got to get the team on board, you got to get people to believe in you. And you got to get the public to believe in you when you do release yeah. music. And so I was really lucky uh, with my Sony New Zealand team um, when I started off. They were absolutely incredible, totally behind me. But uh, my uh, my drive and my uh, willingness to succeed and that crazy psycho mindset of no, <laughs> I'm 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 gonna be the guy. I'm gonna be the guy. It got the better of me, and um, mm. and I had a bit of a falling out with uh, Sony New Zealand and looking back and you know, that that's I look back at that I'm like oh shit that's on me you know like I, mm. at the time I thought um I was just trying to advance but um the way that sometimes this game works is it's all about relationships and I I kind of uh stepped on a few of them admittedly because I had this in in what a lot of people would call an insane drive to um to yeah. to make this happen because I I felt like when I first saw Ed Sheeran play a, a concert, I, I went out of it and I said, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life because no offense, Teddy, I love you if you ever hear this, but like, uh, you know, I, I said, look, if this guy can do it, I can, I can do this too. Like he's a, yeah. he's a dude from the UK who, who wears cargo shorts and Jordans and he's up there and he's doing it. And I, I thought, you know, I'm going to do this. So that, that drive admittedly, uh, it helped me at first and then it bit me in the bum and it humbled me a lot and, and now sort of just trying to get back on track, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, because you were only, what, 20, 21 when yeah, you got that Yeah, I think that I email. was 20 when I signed my deal, 2021. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you've got from your first album, which came out in 2018, you've got this great song called 23, which reflects, well, sorry, 21, 21 yeah, yeah. that yeah, reflects yeah. back when you were 23 when it came out but it reflects back on when you were 21 mm. kind of maybe ju maybe just at the start of the blow up or maybe even you were reflecting on pre-blow up but you were saying you missed being that age you missed what life was like yeah and so I think a lot of people thought it was very dramatic you know what I mean <laughs> 23 bro it was two years ago relax yeah, yeah. But, but, but yeah for me it was just a humongous change like I was uh you know, I could go and streak rugby games and, um, you know, do silly shit with my mates and there's no, no backfire or anything. And all of a sudden the spotlight's on you, you're an idiot little kid and, yeah. and you have expectations that people have for you and you got to live up to them. And, um, I missed 
being a little shit, if I'm honest. I, I miss yeah. I miss the lack of responsibility being a kid essentially and having fun with my mates. But you know, when you take on the responsibility of, hey, I want to be a successful artist, you actually you bear the responsibility of, of morals and values. You know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. you can't be out here being the singer songwriter that people listen to and and portraying a negative message. You have to you have to live the life and be the person. So it was a big change, yeah. <laughs> but um, sure. yeah, like it, it, that song still means a lot to me because I mean, everyone's got their 21, if you will, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. everyone's got that point of life where they're like, oh man, I could, I could do with that today. So yeah, it's a special song. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, because pre, pre-COVID, pre-world falling apart, you were so busy i listened to your chat with the half cast boys which which was the most chaotic energy interview by the way i i was watching it last night i was like what is going on (laughs) i'm scared to watch that one honestly (laughs) it's so good but at the start of the chat you're like oh yeah like i've just come off a flight from london and then i had to go to sony to have like a check-in chat and now i'm here and i and you kind of you sort of said it like, oh, yeah, this is just every day in my life. And I was like, this dude doesn't get a second to breathe. <laughs> I was, I did, okay, no wonder that the, the interview was like all over the shop. I was like, he's probably super duper tired oh and God, about delirious. <laughs> you have no idea. A little bit of a quick backstory on that one. So me and the 660 boys, I was opening for them in London and, um, if anyone hasn't checked out 660, they're an amazing New Zealand band. And um, yeah. and so I was opening for them and uh, me and the drummer, Eli, he's one of my best friends. Um, we decided <laughs> we decided that we would have a, an extremely large night Aww. with a, with a m- early morning flight. We didn't sleep at all. And then we had a, the 24 hour back to Australia. So um, I was happened to be sat in the middle, middle, middle of the economy row. So I also didn't get, I had, didn't have a 24 hour sleep that day. And then I didn't have a 24 hour sleep that day. And then I get to the airport and someone from Sony's waiting for me going, Hey, you've got a full day of press, like a 10 hour day of press. And I was like, shit, oh, this is the first <laughs> press tour I've done in Australia. And I don't know if I'm going to get the right message across, but yeah, like that was uh that was an interesting time, but yeah, to answer your, your question at, it, it, it was a really full on time and everything was really uh, building up internationally. It was getting a lot of love and Sunday morning, my song was really popping off. And then, um, yeah, yeah COVID, COVID happened. And um, mm. since then it's been a real battle. Yeah. 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 Well, cause you were, you were doing huge tours uh, pre COVID. Mm. You, like you said, you did the world tour with 660. You opened for Ed Sheeran. Was that 2018? Dunedin? 2018, I think it was. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you did, <laughs> you probably don't want me to mention this, but you did open for <laughs> no comment. <laughs> you know, that, that probably taught you so much because you have mentioned oh, yeah. that with Ed, who is this undeniably Nova, like Nova star of, of, of pop music who was so bloody lovely to you the whole time and he took the time out to talk to everybody and then versus someone else who didn't (laughs) adopt that, uh, I guess, or just that 
humanity around touring because touring's already yeah. bloody hard. You're tired. Oh, yeah. You're forcing into all of these shows. You've got to be on it. I know you like to get on it, and I know you very much. <laughs> you very much Don't admired. <laughs> you very much admired Ed for his ability to, you know, back it up with a fantastic show after a night out. So I did want to ask because yeah. you've got the weirdest weirdest rider I've ever heard <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah yeah quickly quickly run through what your rider is because I'm I, I don't I'm not going to get the details properly so uh, first things first um we have a a4 framed picture of Morgan Freeman in a thoughtful position so like before I get into this <laughs> before everyone's <laughs> like whoa you're the weirdest human in the world um my first manager when he's like hey like we're going on tour you need to make a rider I was like, um, okay, what's a rider? And he's like, look, put a bunch of booze and the weirdest shit you can think of on there. He encouraged so like, you okay. to do it. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, challenge accepted. <laughs> he's he's a he's an eccentric dude. I love him. Okay. And um, so, uh, frame picture of Morgan Freeman in a thoughtful position. I love it. Uh, as many uh, hand drawn goats with Conor McGregor quotes next to them as possible. Uh, what's the other weird shit? I. Dumplings, I know, yeah. lots of dumplings. Yeah. <laughs> pizza, dumplings, I think. Pizza, a shitload of booze. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's mainly the goats and the and the Morgan that sort of keep my aura intact. Before and you know what's funny stage. is you probably like I know you're a Conor McGregor fan, so I'm sure the quotes do help. But the fact oh, yeah. that it's the cartoon goats is it's a little weird. Uh, but I respect <laughs> it. But it's the thing is once you get so used to seeing that pre-show, I can imagine it's like, well, now I have to see that. It's so comforting. It is so comforting. <laughs> I literally, so like in Dunedin, where, like, which is a New Zealand city, if no one knows, but uh, it's a student city and it's my one of my favorite places in the world. But every time I go to play there, uh, the same uh, there's the same venue owners, no matter which venue you go to, basically. And right. so they they have a plug at the local uh, primary school and they get all the kids to draw the goat. Oh. I like literally keep them. They're so like special, you know, like these kids yeah. actually put so much effort into them. And it was like a joke that became this like kind of cute thing. <laughs> like, thing that I just yeah, sure. collect now. So they're not going anywhere. You know what you should do for a merch line? You should make uh, stuffed goat toys and then you can stitch in what conor mcgregor quote you want into like the tummy or something stop <laughs> it we need to get you on board sabrina you're a marketing genius hey listen i'm 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 always up for a job yeah look look tired <laughs> but yeah I, I got some super Done. weird shit but it's because I was encouraged to. Don't judge me, everyone. <laughs> no, 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 no. We've all got our weird shit. You just happen to be in the limelight and have to talk about it on a podcast. Absolutely. You did it to yourself. <laughs> no, I can't get you off my mind. Because you don't want to be somebody who doesn't know when to walk away. But I don't want to be somebody obsessing over things that I didn't say. But I do have a question that I ask all my guests before we jump into your new single history and sort of the musical shift that you have done in the last few years. Um, what is the most bullshit thing that's happened to you while on tour? 
what is just a memory that jumps out at you yeah so it doesn't have to be a crazy it can be a good bullshit thing it can be like a wow it can be a didn't like that it can be on stage off stage in between shows just like I've I've got many I've got many of of all all elks and kinds but um I think the most recent one if I'm gonna say bullshit is um so I had this gig in Wellington which is about uh one hour flight from Auckland uh Mm -hmm. nine hour drive and so uh, my band, uh, my drummer, he usually works uh, drum tech for the for the gig. So he came down early and uh, I came down early just because I wanted to, you know, have some fun the night before the gig and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Love that place. Great place. <laughs> and so, um, so, yeah, I went down and we flew down and me and my drummer are at the venue and um, – this is a big show. It's like our first ever arena show and it's, it's pretty crazy stuff. And so get a call from my guitar player at keep in mind, we're on stage about eight 30 and the drive's about nine hours. So he's at twelve thirty one. He's like, bro, our flight got canceled. Um, and oh no. my whole band, my sound guy, my production manager, everyone is on this flight apart from me and my drummer. And so, uh, they wait another hour to see if there's, if there's like a, a flight that can come down, no flight, um, no flight. So we're sitting at about one thirty-two. It's a nine hour drive, uh, down to Wellington. And, uh, there was the option of playing the show acoustic. And I was like, no, you know, this is an arena show. These people have paid their hard earned money. I'm going to give everything I got. Aww. Uh, but I don't know if I can do that with my guitar. <laughs> uh, so I, um, basically, I'm a pacer before a show, regardless. I walk up and down my dressing room yeah. listening to Conor McGregor motivational speeches or some crazy shit. Yeah. And so I'm already nervous. It gets to two hours before the show. They're three and a half hours away. Fuck, we're fucked. And so by some, we push the show out by, I think, about 45 minutes. Literally, as soon as we get on stage, and keep in mind, I've got some really good, like, party stories or whatever but this is just tour tour yeah but um so we get there basically we're about 10 minutes away from calling off the show completely because i don't have a band these people have waited an extra hour there's another act on as well so so basically we're like holy shit all of a sudden god shines his light on us somehow we get to the stage we're about 15 minutes late well in reality about an hour 45 late we get on. I haven't even said hello to my guitar player or my bass player. <laughs> You're like, get on the fucking stage. <laughs> so I'm going, get the fuck on stage right now. And and we play the show. It's probably the best show we've ever played. We went off. We did karaoke for four hours. And then um, it was a beautiful night. So, yeah, that's a, that's a PG-13 stressful yes, story. Yes, 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 yes. No, but, like, that's... Oh, I can't even imagine how stressful it is for a second. I thought oh you were going to say I'm a pacer. So I went out onto the street and I pulled the first band out of a pub that I could and went, you will shall now learn my music. <laughs> You're playing an arena tour. Honestly, it was this close. It was this close. We were trying to get yeah. a band in Wellington because I used to play with some guys that were based there maybe about five years ago, but they would have known none of my songs. Try yeah. remembering a song from five years ago. It was just bad, but. We managed to get through and um, the crowd wouldn't have even known. <laughs> no. You know what? I'm not surprised that that was your best show because, A, you your body would have been so warmed up from just like the nervous sweating mm-hmm. and like the adrenaline, but also everyone would have just had like this 
chaotic energy in them. So it's like, okay, let's throw it all into the yeah, show. The, the only issue is I can, Im- the, I can imagine though, if you were the drummer and you were that nervous, I wouldn't have been able to keep time. Everything would have been double time. Yeah. <laughs> so he on, likes to play double time all the time anyway. Uh, <laughs> classic. Um, okay. Well, let's jump into your new music. You just released a brand new single called History. It is your first single in close to a year. Uh, mm. And... I feel like, and please correct me if I'm wrong, you've kind of gone through a sonic shift. It's still you, but there is a bit of a sonic shift going on. So Sunday morning in 2019, you worked with the brains behind DNA, Anthony and David, who Mm. are the producers of a lot of huge Aussie pop songs. And you admitted- amazing, amazing writers too, amazing. Yeah, And and you admitted that, you wanted that pop song expertise because you wanted to get your music kind of out into a larger audience. And you said something super interesting in an interview. You said, I think they, I knew they were super pop, but personally, I don't think pop is a dirty word. People are scared of pop, but pop is popular music for a reason, which I think is. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I did say that. I was like, well, that's kind of good. But you you're, you are right. But what do you think it is about that word or like that genre that people shy away from? Because it's an argument I have with mates all the time who, when mm. they listen to their music, I go, oh, it's a, like it's a subgenre of pop. And they go, yeah. it's not pop. It's not pop. Like, I, and I'm like, no, just yeah. chill out. Like, I don't mean yeah. it as a insult. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's a really interesting thing. I, I think it might be a little, in my personal opinion, I think it might be a little bit exaggerated in Australia and New Zealand because I think the blokes, generally speaking, aren't very comfortable in saying, hey, like that Justin Bieber song goes fucking hard, Mm. you know, like, and I've never really cared about that. So I kind of like try to make a little mission of mine to be like, yo, butter up, you know what I mean? Like, it's all good. Like, you can listen to, I don't know, like you can flick on, Again, I don't know, I'll use the Beebs for example, like Hold On by the Beebs. It's like, look, if you're going to break that down as a songwriter, it's a great song. Who are you kidding? Fantastic don't, song. don't be just because there's this uh, sort of uh, media driven thing around them. Oh, like, uh, like, look at this dickhead. He's like mm. doing this or look at this diva girl who's doing this hey, the music's big for a reason. Appreciate it. You know, that's how yeah. I feel at least. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, because Sunday morning popped off mm. and then you released was it be somebody be somebody yeah yeah and that was it, it's quite nice because I feel like there's been this really beautiful arc in it where yeah. Sunday morning was the start be somebody sits somewhere in the middle and now you've got history and it mm. like is that sonic shift was that on purpose because I know that an album was scheduled scheduled (laughs) for 2020 was is that true and did you have to push it all off because of covid like was that a decision you had to make yeah I mean there there was many factors a few like I wish I could talk to you about but I'm probably not allowed to but the um but yeah I think generally speaking like yeah Sunday morning was I was super happy with with where we were at with the sound it's upbeat and it's um and, it, and it's fun and it's it's mm. summery and dancey and that's what I I mean I kind of have this reputation for being this like uh like miserable tea swizzy <laughs> like down down buzz dude but um but yeah so I mean like be somebody was, was yeah I mean it was an interesting song like I we 
I recorded it um, in a demo years ago. It must have been 2017. And um, okay, basically, wow. we needed a song and we sent it off to, the, to these producers in America and they they doused it up and it, it was its own thing and has a different sound in itself. And I, I like the uh, advancement, but yeah, I feel like history is is now i feel like it for me yeah. the sound when i hear it it feels fresh and i'm a very harsh critic on myself so if i hear my own voice on something and i go oh that sounds kind of like new and fresh like uh, it, it must be good <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. it means you've got I'm, something yeah yeah and, and and so jai from 660 who's been just an amazing mentor for me he's helped me out in the studio from day one and you know I was a homeless kid who, with my guitar who had no fucking idea about what I wanted sonically. I remember when I got my first mix back, my first few mixes, I said to my A&R guys, I can't tell the difference. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the difference. I just pick the best one. I don't care. Yeah. And so, yeah. So like coming to having a guy like Jai uh, who's in the studio and, and knows who I am as a person and knows what, that needs to sound like in music to effectively portray to people, Hey, I'm not captain miserable. <laughs> mm. I'm not, I'm not captain. Uh, let's get effed up anymore. I'm somewhere in the middle. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. give them taste of this and that. And, and Jai really helped. He, he got that guitar line at the start and that four to the floor kick and yeah. just super energetic and super fun. And it, it's, I wanted to be, I want to be the guy that people leave the show and go, holy shit, that was fun. That was so yeah. much fun. Yeah. And um, I feel like to do that, the music's got to be fun. You can't just be relying sure. on your personality. So I, yeah, <laughs> it was sort of natural, but it wasn't at the same time. Yeah. We got in the studio, it felt right. And, and then how we ended up putting trumpets on it at the end. So yeah, know, I appreciated it because it was so different from your previous sound. And I think that's going to make for a fantastic show when Touchwood, you do finally get to go on a proper tour again, hopefully, is yeah. that you're going to be able to have this, these uh, like peaks and troughs within your set naturally, because you're going to have maybe on your music, which like you said, you want to start portraying something a little bit more fun, still with depth but fun absolutely but then you're yeah. going to bring back some of some of your you know your og maybe more acoustically inclined music and that's going to end up being like a real natural dip in the set which you always need to bring it back absolutely. up so you've done yeah, it quite for sure. smart for sure. yeah and i feel like you know it's when i wrote the first album i was the majority of it i was a broke kid mm -hmm. uh who ate mcdonald's twice a day because that's the only thing i could afford and yeah. So like naturally going on almost four years now, you got it. I mean, it'd be a bit of a shame if I hadn't grown up a bit since that. So, you, you know, I so. think it's just trying to ca and, and capture growing up essentially, mm. you know, and like, I'm like, you mentioned us trying to mention uh, to release the first of uh, the album in 2020 firstly. And I would have loved that at the time, but in all honesty, looking back, maybe, maybe I wasn't ready for that. And, um, you know, getting a few more years under my belt of life and trying to take a step back from the craziness and um, and really just focus on myself as a human has probably resulted in that natural uh, sort of development in the sound and, yeah. and development as a person firstly, but yeah, it naturally happens with the sound after too. Yeah, you got all that time to be that professional human that you always say you are in between yes, yes, in between yes. the touring and stuff. But listen, yeah, yeah. I, am, I am aware that you are 
super booked up this morning. So I'm just going to no, quickly let's do keep my... Chatting. No, honestly, oh, Sabrina, this absolutely. is the best podcast I've been on in a minute. You've done your research. I so appreciate oh, you, seriously. Thank you. No, thank you. If you'd like. But Angelica might it. kill me. Yeah, look, Angelica, sorry. <laughs> Okay. Okay. No, no, no. That's fine. I'm going to do a real quick, my last little segment, this or that. It's 10 questions. You've done this a million times before. Okay. Liam Gallagher or Bruce Springsteen? Oh, don't do that to me. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. Shit. I go, sorry, boss. I go, I go LG. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen him live. Fantastic. Chicken wings or dumplings? Oh yeah. no, Sabrina! <laughs> I did my research. You really did. You really did. Wings, wings. Sorry, dumplings. <laughs> okay, okay. This might be this might be easier. London or Wellington? Wellies. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool, cool. Okay, here's hey, some more. London. It gets better every time. You need money for that place. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you do. Yes, uh, you do. Would you rather a coffee date or a drink date? Drinks. Nice. Uh, I think I might know the answer to this. Actually, maybe not. Couch surf or hostel? Oh, shit. Now it's mm. like the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, neither. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go couch. I'm going to go couch. Yeah, yeah. What's worse, pineapple on pizza or coriander? Both. Hate They both, both suck. But time. which one is worse? <laughs> oh, shit. I'm going to have to go coriander i got that gene you know what i mean yeah the it one tastes like, like soap yeah, yeah it's i'm awful. the same yeah. i'm the same yeah. all right tomato sauce in the fridge or cupboard you really come prepared don't you mm. uh, <laughs> i'm mm. gonna go fridge i'm gonna go fridge okay, good good yeah. i had a guy who said cupboard and i was like i just want to no, cut him all right would you rather nosy neighbors or loud neighbors nosy yeah oh really yeah, got to sleep. Everyone else has gone loud. Okay, cool. Really? Yeah. Really? No, yeah. Gotta get they must have season. secrets. Mm. Yeah, yeah, weirdos. Yeah. Maybe I'm, the, I'm clearly the weirdo. No one else has picked it. <laughs> Same. All right. Baseball or rugby? Baseball. Yeah, okay. Oh, shit. My country's going to kill me for saying that. But it's your OG love. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. You, like, you're do your loyal. Research, There's a loyalty. Ozzy, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good. <laughs> Thank you so much for jumping onto the podcast and taking the time out to chat. I super appreciated it. Um, good luck on everything because it sounds like it's going to be a busy, busy period now. Well, hopefully, you. Sabrina. And thank you so much. Like I said, I genuinely really appreciate you doing your research. That's the best podcast I've probably ever been on. So thank you so much oh, for, you for so paying much. attention and caring. You're the best. I really enjoyed that conversation. So I hope we get to do it soon. And that was Mitch James, everybody. You heard it for yourself. He was a beyond lovely guy. Um, make sure that you check out his new single, History. And um, hopefully we'll see him in Australia very, very soon when he decides to go on tour.
But that is the end of this week's episode. Thank you for listening. Next week, I'm talking to singer Katie Bell, all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, who literally grew up in the industry after being scouted at only 10 years old by Capitol Records. At only 19, she was approached to audition for American Idol. And since then, she's released a steady stream of singles as she sort of tries to figure out her ultimate sound before she tackles an album. She's such a sweet girl at only 22. So if you're keen to hear our conversation, make sure that you subscribe to It's All BS on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Alternatively, you can check out the episodes at amplify.com.au. And another quick note on next week's episode, due to being um, a media guest at Strawberry Fields Music and Arts Festival next weekend, uh, the episode will not be able to go live on Monday morning because I will be driving back. Uh, so it will be going live on Tuesday morning, just just for those, just so you know. Um, so have a good week this week, guys. This is It's All BS. I'm your host, Sabrina. Have a good one. It's OBS with Sabrina.